Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. This morning. Come on, praise Him like you got victory this morning. Come on, now some of you. I thought I came to Hope Rising this morning, but I don't know if I'm in the right place this morning. Come on, I said, let's praise Him like you got some victory this morning. Let's praise Him like you got something to be excited about this morning. Come on, there's hope this morning. Whatever you got going on this morning, I'm here to tell you that there's hope. Come on, there's excitement about a man named Jesus. Amen. I don't know what you came in carrying this morning, but I want you to know that he's here. That Jesus is here to meet you right where you're at, to do something in you that you can't do for yourself. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't you high five about three people and tell them, come on, he's here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here this morning. Jesus is here. I love that song. I love that song. When we sing that song, I'm reminded of the great hope that we have in Jesus. Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. I I woke up this morning just deciding that, you know what, I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude today. That when things don't go my way, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to worship Jesus anyways. I don't, has anybody ever had some things not quite go your way? There's been some things that haven't quite gone my way. In fact, this Thursday, I was supposed to get on a plane and was supposed to go to Memphis and be at a pastor's round table and, and learn and continue to help me and help us and our leadership and, and, and help this church and, and so we can continue to thrive. And it was one that I really wanted to be at, but... But how many know that it rained a whole lot on Thursday and it lightninged and just, it was crazy and, and I didn't get to go where I wanted to go, where I was supposed to be. And uh, I had to wake up. I was a little salty over the last couple of days, if I'm being honest. I was depressed. I was upset. I was like, man, I just wanted to be there. And, but I had to uh, wake up this morning and put my happy pants on. Everybody ever had to put your happy pants on? And uh, you can get glad in those same pants that you got mad in. Come on, right? And so I woke up this morning, I punched the devil in the throat, and I said, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this thing today. We're going to be excited because we got something to be excited about, and his name is Jesus. And, man, I, I want to pray this morning before we get going. Uh, I've got a lot of friends uh, in Houston that are pastors, and uh, some of them are uh, not actually having church today. The schools that they meet in or the places they worship uh, have been flooded because of the tropical depression. Uh, the communities they, they pastor and they lead are uh, under, uh, they got flooded, and they've been mucking out houses over the past couple of days and are still doing that today. And I, I want us to pray. Uh, for those areas, those communities, those churches, and that, that God would begin just to continue to restore that which was, has been taken from people. Uh, there was a story that I had heard that uh, somebody had just three weeks ago finally recovered from Hurricane Harvey, had finally got his house completely finished and painted and just all the things that it took. And then tropical depression came and they are back at square one, completely got flooded again. 
And uh, I don't know about you, but if I was in that spot, it'd be completely devastating. And uh, there's a lot of stories that are like that. And so when I wake up this morning, I think about all that God has done for me. I'm thankful today that we're in a place that we can help and we can be a part and that I'm not having to go through that. How many thankful for times where you don't have to go through some hard times? And, and I'm thankful for that. And, and so uh, we're able to be a part of that and be able to help and resource and, and do those things. And so uh, I want to pray for those leaders, those pastors. I want to pray for those people that are just going through it and uh, having those emotions with that. So Lord, we love you. And uh, we know that you're a God that knows everything. And God, I pray that, that you would step into a situation, Lord, across Houston. Lord, where there's flooding and where there's hurt, there's emotions that are just don't know what else to do. God, I pray, Lord, that you would send some, some churches and some, some pastors and people that just love Jesus to, to love on people, God, to do what it takes to, to let them know that no matter what they go through, no matter what they have going on, God, that there's a, there's a God that loves them and that there's, a, there's people that love them and there's a church that loves them in their community. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would surround them with your peace. Lord, in this troubling time, Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church, Lord, that's so blessed to not have been affected by this. Lord, I pray that we would be able to help resource and be, help step in where we can step in and help, God. And uh, we just love you and we thank you that you are still a good God, regardless if it rains or it, it's sunshiny outside. Lord, you are a good God and it's in Jesus' mighty name, I pray, and everybody said... Amen. Everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, next week is going to be so awesome. Everybody say it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I'm so stoked for next week. It's one of our, uh, to me, it's one of my most favorite Sundays of the year. Uh, we did this last year and I just, I, we wanted to bring it back. It was so, it was so awesome. We're doing what we call five and five next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Uh, five and five. Yeah, come on. You know what's good if you were here last year. And so uh, five and five is where we have five communicators that are going to speak for five minutes each a piece on the stage. And so, man, it's going to be an amazing Sunday. I'm telling you, you're not going to miss next Sunday. It is a don't miss type of Sunday. And uh, I love what God is doing in our church. And you're going to love next Sunday. And so I just wanted to go ahead and plant that bug. Uh, make sure that you make plans for that, all right? Well, hey, we're going to continue in our series called Second Chances, and uh, we're going to wrap this thing up here week week three, not chapter three, just week three, uh, week three, and uh, I'm thankful for Second Chances. In fact, uh, I love playing golf. Anybody love playing golf? Okay, just me. Awesome. Uh, maybe that's why we don't go golfing together, because you don't like to play golf. There we go. All right. Got one on the back. And so uh, I love playing golf and uh, I don't get to play as much as I'd like, but uh, there's, there's something about golf uh, that uh, because I don't get, I don't play very often. I'm honestly, I'm not really that good at golf. You know, if, if I, if I, you know, if I'm in the nineties, I'm like, Hey, it was a good day. If I'm in the hundreds, I'm like, I just want to throw my clubs into the river and never play again. And so, um, but, but there's a thing that, that happens when you're on the tee box, right? Especially on the first hole, and you get, they get maybe like some first hole jitters, right? And so you, you get up there and you swing the club and you and you shank it, man, just whoo, whoo, 
right? And it, the ball goes somewhere that you don't even know where it's at, you know? And thankfully, it wasn't like a Pro V1. It was just like a, a really cheap ball that you found in the river somewhere else. It's probably a waterlogged, but you're like, hey, cool, no big deal. Didn't cost me any money. To... And so the ball goes just wherever. And so they, they have something that they call a mulligan. Does anybody know what a mulligan is? A mulligan, awesome, I'm going to explain it to you. A mulligan is like a do-over. A mulligan is, hey, you get a second chance. And so um, I got this ball here. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and, they, and so if you mess up on the first one, <clears throat> you actually get a shot at getting to hit it again. Now, if you're Tiger Woods or you're a professional, you don't get to see those on TV. They don't call them mulligans. They call them penalty strokes, okay? And so, um, but, but when um, you are a trustworthy, avid golfer like myself, who keeps perfect score, um, uh, <laughs> uh, you get what you call, uh, hey, 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 watch a lay. And so, uh, so, uh, you get a do-over, and so um, I, I, I'm thankful for do-over. So I just wanted to—I wanted to hit one today. Is that okay if I hit one today? Now you may—you y'all may want to watch out. Everybody duck. Now I haven't swung a golf club too much since I broke my wrist, so we'll see how it goes. So, you, so you—you you get up there. That, 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 oh, oh, no, no, hey, 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 hey. All right. And then you look at that target, right? And you're like, all right. About 100 yards out. You're like, all right. Oh, man, that was good. That was good. Did y'all see that? Come on, that was right on target. That was good. That was good. I don't even know where it went, but. It went straight. That's all I know. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But you get in golf, you get these second chances. And in here, here's the deal. In life, we all need some second chances, right? Wouldn't you say you need some second chances? But even better news than that is that God gives second chances. In life, we need second chances, but God gives us second chances. And in essence, that's the power of the gospel, isn't it? That's the power of the gospel that, that Jesus would come to earth. He would live a perfect life. He would die on a cross for your sins and my sins. So all the things that we have done wrong would be forgiven. That'd be washed under the blood of Jesus and we can live eternity with him. That's the essence of the gospel is, hey, I'm going to give you a second chance. It doesn't matter if you mess up or when you mess up. Jesus is going to die on the cross for us. And we can have a second chance. I just think that is good news this morning. And so I want to talk to you about a man in the Bible who needed a second chance. And his name was Peter. Everybody say Peter. Peter, Peter is a, a staple in the New Testament. He's a pillar of the faith. He, he is somebody that, that when we read the New Testament, we see, we see that God just, just empowers Peter to do amazing things for him. And, and so we, we read this story here in Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, and some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, 
You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I mean, here you have Peter. You've got a man that, that believes in Jesus. You've got a man that says, hey, not only do I believe it, but it is something that has come from revelation. It's not just something that I have heard, but it's something that I have heard from heaven. And so Peter was there when the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, and he's up in the upper room. After Pentecost, he begins to preach, and he begins to speak, and 3,000 people give their life to Jesus in one sermon. Come on, somebody, right? That's, that's an amazing day right there, right? And so, so, I mean, he's preaching. He's healing people. He's in the streets. Man, he's doing whatever he can. He preaches another time, and 5,000 people give their life to Jesus. I'm like, come on, Peter, let's go, bro. God is using Peter to do amazing things. But in between Jesus telling Peter he's going to build his church through him and Peter doing those great things, Peter is caught, what I would say, in the process. Everybody say process. Yeah, he's caught in the process, and we, we, find, we find Jesus now with his disciples at the Last Supper, okay? They're, they're eating some grub. Jesus is about to die. He, he's, he's with his boys. He's with his 12, right? Like, everything is good, he's, but he's about to be betrayed by a man, one of his disciples named Judas, and they have just got done having some fajitas, man. From like, from like Lupe's or Papacitos or Gringo's or, or you name your favorite Mexican restaurant. Like, like they just had some beef fajitas. They were off the chain. They ordered some dessert, some tres leches or some churros. Man, they, they loved it. I mean, it was so good. I was my inner Latino coming out right there. And so, man, it was so, I mean, they just loved it. They had some, they finished it up with some good black strong coffee. Man, it was just, mmm, so good. So good. And then... Jesus talks to Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Now you got to understand what, what Jesus is saying here because there's a process of what sifting wheat would be like. They would take the wheat and th that would be picked and they would lay it on a, a flat and a hard surface and they would take this, this, um, this, this tool that they would make called a flail and it would be about a six foot long stick and attached to it would be about a two foot stick, kind of like a, a, an oblong type of nunchuck, all right? <laughs> it would look kind of cool, like... <laughs> And so they would take this nunchuck-like tool, all right, and they would beat, beat this wheat. They would beat, beat the straw, and they would beat the wheat, and they would try to separate the straw from it. And, and after they would do that, they would throw it up in the air. The straw was gone, and now you've got the grain and the chaff, and they throw it up in the air for parts of it to be blown away and for the grain to fall on a tarp onto the ground to be gathered together. And what Jesus was saying was that Satan has asked for permission to agitate you, Peter. Anybody ever been agitated by the devil before? 
I want you to know that, that, that we love Jesus and we're going to lift up the name of Jesus, but don't, don't get it twisted. There is an enemy of our soul that is prowling around trying to take you and me out. He said, he said the enemy has come and wants to agitate you. He wants to toss you around, Peter. He, he wants your faith to fail. But I love what it says. Jesus says, I've been pleading and I've been praying for you. I'm so thankful today that Jesus pleads and he prays for us. I'm so thankful that we have a high priest that, that no matter what we're going through, when the enemy does rush in like a flood, that he raises up a standard against it, that, that he is there. He is believing in us. He is believing for us today. He is our high priest. He sits next to God the Father praying for you and I. So the, he goes on to talk and says, so when you have repented and turned to me again, Peter, strengthen your brothers. Now, this is kind of weird. Like, Jesus, what's going on? Like, you just said, hey, I'm praying for you. I believe in you. But Jesus kind of switches gears and he starts preaching or speaking in the prophetic here. He starts talking to what's about to happen. And Peter said, Lord, I, I'm already with you. Like, I'll go to prison with you. I, I will die with you. Like, we're homies. You're my ride or die. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. That you'll even know me. See, the story of Peter denying Jesus is found in all the Gospels. There's, there's not a lot of stories. There's only a few stories that are told in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is one where you can find in all four Gospels, Peter denies Jesus, everybody say it with me, three times. Three times, three times, come on. So Peter denies Jesus three times. In essence, three times Peter fails Jesus. So Jesus dies. The next day, three days later, if you know the story, Jesus raises again. He's resurrected. Then he's on earth for 40 days. And while Jesus is on earth, he, he visits his disciples multiple times. And it's during one of these times we see Jesus do for Peter what he asked us to do for each other. And that's forgive him. He does for Peter what he asks us to do for one another. He forgives him. And so one of these times where Jesus shows up, the disciples are on the boat. They're fishing all night. They have their nets casted on one side, and they don't catch anything. That's kind of frustrating. Anybody like to fish? You don't like to golf, but maybe you like to fish. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Got a couple more. All right. And so so they cast their net on one side and they're there all night. These are experienced fishermen. Like, like they know what they're doing. They're not amateurs. They don't, they don't, they're not like me. Like, like you have a guide with you. Like, hey, you know, put the bait on. Cool. Just show me where to throw it. Boom. Let's go. You know, I'll bring it up. All right. Awesome. No, these guys, they knew what they were doing. And, and for all night, all night, all night, all night, my, my iPad's um, going crazy. Um, all night, they... I'm going to need my laptop and a table maybe here really soon. <laughs> and so all night they are, they're, they're fishing. And Jesus says, hey, throw your net on the other side. And they're like, who's this dude over here on the shore? They're, the Bible says they're about 100 yards out. Who is this telling us what to do? 
And so, so they say, okay, they throw the net onto the other side, and John, I always love it, when you read the book of John, John always refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved. He's like, I don't care about all y'all. Jesus loves me more than all of y'all. I'm God's favorite. I know it. Like, deal with it, okay? And so, and so, thanks, bro. Just leave it the perfect, awesome things. Ha uh-huh. That's what happens when you connect to the internet. All right. I think it might still be okay. So, so John says, hey, Peter, that's just not some ordinary guy. That's Jesus on the shore. And so what Peter does is like, I gotta go. That's Jesus. So Peter, he gets out of the boats. He swims to Jesus. He's swimming to Jesus. He's got like a hundred yard swim, right? Maybe at about 30 yards out, maybe he can touch and he's just running through the water, breaking the waves, doing whatever it takes. And he's going to get to Jesus while all the other disciples stay in the boats. And I'm reminded that this is not the first time that this has happened to Peter. This is the second time. The first time Jesus said, hey, come, come to me, and Peter walked on water. But here we find Peter again saying, guys, this is Jesus. This is the one who just died and has been resurrected. I got to go. I'm going to leave you alone in the place of comfort, in the place where it's okay, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. Where they have maybe, they maybe, they thought Peter was crazy, I'm sure. Like, everybody thought Peter was crazy. He was a firecracker, man. Like, like he was nuts. Like, he, like he, he'd cut people's ears off, and like, he, he probably was, he probably was the guy he'd cuss you out, and then, then say, Jesus loves you at the end, and all this stuff, and so, um, you know, and so he probably the one that blessed you down the freeway, tell you you're number one, and they'd be like, oh, you know, hope has a name. And so uh, he probably was that guy, okay? But he would do whatever it took while, these, while everybody else decided to stay in the boat. Peter seemingly was always the one who said, I'm going to go where Jesus is. And so after breakfast, John 21, verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now remember, he's already not denied Jesus three times not too long ago. Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he he replied again, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Three times Peter was able to say and reply, yes, Lord, I love you. And what Jesus was doing with Peter that day was giving Peter a second chance. You see, no longer would Peter be defined by his failure. Now he would be redefined by his devotion and his commitment to Jesus. No longer was it the failure. No longer was it denial. No longer was it the doubt or the insecurity. Now... He'd be redefined by his devotion to Jesus. 
This is why Jesus gave him the name Peter. You now will be called Peter. You will be called Petra in the Greek, which means rock. He was going to build his church through Peter. And here's the deal this morning. This story, this story serves us to remind us that God is willing to give us a second chance. How many thankful for second chances? Yeah. Let this story be a reminder that, that God gives us second chances. You see, Abraham, he failed God. He failed to trust God. Moses, he ran away. Jonah didn't want to have anything to do with the calling of God. King David had an affair, and he was a murderer. But time and time again, we see that God gave these men and other people second chances. In golf, we call it a mulligan. Your kids maybe call it a do-over. Let's do it again. I want to try and win this time. When we don't get it right the first time, God gives us another chance to be faithful and to stand strong. So here's three things I want to give you today. Three simple applications. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write this down today. When we're given a second chance, the first thing we need to do is to face our failures. Face our failures. You see, clearly Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him to remind him of the three times that he denied Jesus, right? But Jesus doesn't hold it against Peter. And neither does Jesus hold what you've done wrong or your sin against you. I don't know if you've ever held grudges before. I don't know if you've, you've, you've been bitter before at something or, or something happened in life and you're like, Argh. Jesus doesn't hold it against us. There's forgiveness. There's grace. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Awesome. Now go build my church. Peter, go build my church. Wait for my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come and empower you to be my witness. You see, failure is not final. An event should not define your life. And I'm afraid for so many of us that we go through things in life, that we experience life in events. Facebook has event notices, or, or Facebook has, has things, hey, this happened a year ago. You posted this a year ago, and, and, and this was the memory, right? You have this memory that pops up on your timeline, and, and, and maybe it wasn't a year ago, but maybe it was 15 years ago, and there's a memory that pops up in your brain every time this date happens, or every time somebody says something, every time somebody says this one phrase, or however somebody's treating you, and we have this memory that pops up that has constantly defined us, that has constantly kept us from our purpose, constantly kept us from reaching out to other people, constantly keeping ourselves isolated from what God really has us to do. Can I tell you this morning that failure is not final? Peter could have stayed sulking in his, his denial of Jesus. He, he could have been upset with himself. And he could have been hard on himself. And maybe he was, but it was the grace and the mercy of Jesus that he was able to receive and realize that, you know what? I may have messed up, and I think it's okay to say I've messed up. But Jesus, thank the Lord for Jesus. He is in this place, and he has forgiven me. And I now can continue to walk in the purposes and the calling that he has called me to do to be. That's good news. Failure is not final. 
But we have to face it. We have to face it. Because how many know it's easier to sweep it under the rug sometimes? How many got family members, they just like to sweep it under the rug? Right? Family member hurts you. And you want to talk about it, but they just want to act like nothing ever happened and they want to sweep it under the rug. You're like, no, 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 you hurt me. Let's, let's talk about this. They're like, oh, I didn't even know what happened. And you're like, how did you not know that happened? We have to face our failures. And I think, that, I think part of the beauty of it is, is we got to realize this today, is, is you're human and I'm human. I'm jacked up, you're jacked up. It's good news today. And there's gonna be times in life where people hurt you. There's gonna be times in life you're gonna go through some things. There's gonna be some times where, where you fail. Can I tell you it's okay to fail? But they say fail fast and fail forward. Hey, we're gonna fail sometimes. Cool, fail fast, but get back up and keep on going. Don't let it keep you back from who God's called you to be, but let it propel you forward. In order for Peter to move forward, he had to own up and confess his failure. Maybe for you, it's spending beyond your means. Maybe for you, it's not being supportive of a child. Maybe for you, it's, it's placing unreasonable expectations on other people. But we've all made choices that I think if we wish we could, we would change them. Somewhere in our lives, we all have lived enough life to, to say, hey, if we, could, if we could change a decision or two, we would love to change this. If I could change this in my life, I would change that. Well, you know it like I know it. We can't change the past. We can be honest about it, though. We can confess it, and we can seek forgiveness. We can be honest about it. We can face it. And that's what Jesus does with people. Helps them face their sin, confess their failures, so they can accept the forgiveness that God so offers. And what I love about Peter is he's a man that is willing to accept God's forgiveness able to say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry I denied you. I'm sorry I, I'm, I messed up in that moment. But I choose to continue to trust in you and accept your forgiveness. But we also must forgive ourselves. And I think maybe this might be the hardest one. We have to be able to forgive ourselves allowing the grace and the mercy of Jesus to, to wipe away the hurt, the guilt, the pain and the shame. Because I think sometimes it's maybe easy to forgive other people. It's easy to say, Jesus, here I am. I forgive, I, I receive forgiveness. I, please forgive me of my sins. I think, I think sometimes that is easy, but I think sometimes the hardest thing that we struggle with is forgiving ourselves. I want to encourage you if, if, if you're having trouble forgiving yourself of something, 
in your past, a past event. I want to challenge you today to be able to say, I can't fix the past, but I can receive the forgiveness that God has given me and I can forgive myself so that I can move forward. Because it might not even be an event that that you did. It may be something that happened to you, but you're blaming yourself for. We can't move on if we can't forgive ourselves. You can't move on until you begin to forgive yourself. We can smile, we can act like everything's okay. But I'm telling you, receive the forgiveness from the Lord, but also forgive ourselves. And lastly, after we do that, make the most of the future. I'm so glad that I've got a future. I'm so glad that he has a future for you and for me. And anytime God gives a second chance, God is giving us the opportunity to live differently. He's giving us an opportunity to maybe change some things. In a marriage, we learn to forgive and to be patient and to communicate better. Come on, somebody, right? Like, I'm sorry. Let's go. I got like two, two ladies in the house. Like, keep on preaching, Pastor. Keep on preaching. That's good. But we learn to say, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to communicate better. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more patient. Man, I, I, I could be more patient. Thursday at the airport, I was practicing patience. As a parent, Maybe we need to pay more attention and spend more time playing with our kids. I tell you, we live in a day and age, and this is something we work on in our house, and we're not anywhere close to perfect. But sometimes these things never leave our hands. Something that my wife heard recently in a podcast, she said that, that kids typically won't say I'm hurting or hey I need to talk to you about something they'll say hey will you come play with me and then that's a sign of your kids just they just need you can I tell you that these as much of a blessing as they are they're a curse at the same time put it on do not disturb put it in your room and leave it there put it on the counter do something like Make an effort this week. I didn't, I didn't plan on talking about this, but let's just have a challenge this week. If you got kids, or even if you don't have kids, just you and your spouse, or if you're single and you're on a date, or you're hanging out with friends, put the put the phone away just for a little bit, and allow yourself to have communication with one another interaction with one another maybe it's your finances second chance means we order our lives according to God's principles of earning saving and giving but what I love is that Peter when he found out Jesus was on the shore he didn't stiff arm Jesus He didn't say, hey, I'm going to stay in the boat. I may be there in a minute. 
I'm going to come with the rest of the fellas. No, he jumped off the boat and he went to Jesus. Can I tell you today that Jesus is here? And maybe physically we're not in a boat, but maybe spiritually speaking, you need to jump off the boat and swim to Jesus. Not worry about what the other people are saying in the boat about you. Not worried about the opinions that people have about you. Not worried about what the people that are closest to you, what they're, what they're thinking about you when you jump off the boat. They may think you're crazy, but it's okay. You're going to Jesus while they stay in the boat. And I don't know about you. I want to go to Jesus. I said, I want to go to Jesus. I want to go to Jesus. So what does a second chance look like for you? Where is change needed? Where is grace needed? I love what Paul says. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting the past and looking to what is ahead. Forgetting the past events that maybe have bogged us down. But I'm going to look forward because my future is bright. Because he's got a plan for me. He's got purpose for me. He's got a future for me. Man, there's great things ahead if I'll just keep on marching and moving. If I'll just put one foot in front of the other. If I'll just take another step. If I'll just join a group. If I'll just get into growth track. If I'll just start serving. If I'll, start, if I'll just start just choosing to smile instead of frowning. If I, if I just start to choose, I'm going to be a friend to those that don't have friends. If I'm just going to take my next step. I know Jesus has got great things for me. And so I'm not going to let my past bog me down. But I'm going to see Jesus on the shore. So if you need a second chance today, the good news is, is that God is here to do just that. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Lord, I pray for, I pray for us today. Lord, I honestly think we all could use second chances in life, third and fourth. And Lord, that we go through some things sometimes in life that really, man, if we had a second chance, we would do it over. That we would change some things. We'd give more grace with some things. We would love differently. We would, we would do a lot of things different. God, although we can't change the things that we've done, God, we can change how we move forward. And God, I pray that you would help us. Lord, that you would speak to us and change us and do something in us today that we can't do for ourselves. We thank you, Jesus, for second chances. With your heads still bowed and eyes closed, I just, if you're here today and you say, hey, I, Pastor Welby, I need a second chance. Me and Jesus, we need a second chance. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus or you're, you're, you're far from God or, or maybe at one point 
in your life, you've, you've given your life to Jesus, but you want to rededicate your life today, we want to give you that opportunity. We exist so people far from God experience new life in Christ. And we just believe today that as you answer the call of Jesus, as you say yes to Jesus, that there's a new life ahead of you. If that's you today, you say, hey, would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand today? No one's talking or looking around. You say, that's me. Raise your hand in this place. Yeah. You can raise your hand. Yeah. Saying yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Why don't you say this prayer with me today, whether you raised your hand or you didn't. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Savior. Thank you for second chances today. I draw near to you. And I pray as I do that, you would draw near to me. I don't hang on to the past any longer. But I look forward. I look ahead to the prize that you have for me. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.